The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Everybody exhale after that one because goodness gracious, from 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 the ten nothing start on, this looked like. A lot of the games that VCU's had at Siegel Center against George Mason, it looked like a game that they were going to find a way to lose instead of finding a way to win. There were so many things that were hard to understand. Uh, the coaching moves by Mike Rhodes, especially defensively, the lack of energy coming out of the locker room in the second half. Uh some of the officiating was bizarre. I mean, some of it helped us, but some of it was bizarre. The lack of discipline cropping up yet again. But in the end, this is a celebratory Rams rewind tonight. Thank goodness VCU pulled this game out. And there's not any joy or happiness as there's been after the last several wins that they've had. There is just sheer relief. And this is brought to you, of course, by Lady Nolans in, in, uh, in Richmond. Go there, get yourself some Cajun food, and in what is a rare thing after a win, maybe comfort eat a little bit after this win. We usually say comfort eat after you lose, but comfort eat after you win because this thing didn't look good at all in the second half. Um, VCU, of course, started out great, but it was all individual stuff, one-on-one stuff, and it persisted throughout the game. I mean, it took them past halfway through the first half to get their first assist, and it was it was Levi Stockard. It wasn't it wasn't Baldwin or Williams or anybody you'd expect. It was Levi Stockard, and it's remarkable that they would win this game where they have twenty four field goals made and only eight assists, and they turned it over thirteen times. And I'll tell you something else. I wouldn't have given you a plug nickel for VCU getting to 70 points uh, about four minutes into this second half. I really wouldn't. Uh, and yes, Chris Conway, it wasn't pretty at all. And and the seniors started hot. Williams and Curry had eight of the first, I think, ten points. And then uh, Williams just I, – I don't know what it was. He was just a little bit off tonight except for some great defensive plays that we're going to talk about towards the end. And, and in general – they were kind of off tonight for, for a good chunk of it. Um, you know, Mason really battled back to get to, to get to halftime down five. And if I had been them, I'd have been thrilled to be down five at the halftime, especially given what happened in Fairfax and, uh, and, and given how they started the game. But, you know, Mason, I mean, you get you, – here it is. You get to 48-42 – with just at the uh, with twelve with twelve fifty six to go in the game, VCU is struggling here. They are they are kind of drowning out there, and it starts. And I'll tell you who it starts with. It starts with 
Yes, Bruce Stevenson. I was just about to stay with it. It starts with Mikael Brown-Jones. Mikael Brown-Jones gets a layup after a turnover by, by, by Mason. And he starts to get go. He starts to get going. Uh, then Williams falls that with a field goal. But they 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 had a stretch where they finally got some stops against Mason. So Devon Cooper makes the three at twelve fifty six to get them to get them up to forty eight forty two. You get a Frazier field goal, and you go all the way to three twenty five. So I think that's. Eight and a half, nine minutes. Yeah, twelve fifty six to three twenty five. That's that's nine minutes and thirty one seconds with one field goal, and that's where VCU turns this game around. But it started with Brown Jones. He gets that basket. Brown Jones drew several fouls on defense on rebounds tonight. Fouls that you would normally think would be on the guy trying to get the offensive rebound. He drew fouls tonight. And then he got to the foul line and he made him. What an absolutely fantastic job Brown Jones did tonight. Um, let me see here, because his first half wasn't much, and, and which was kind of like what happened in the last game. And, and, you know, he only played, you know, he had four points in the first half, two rebounds, only eight minutes. Second half, in seven minutes, he had 11 points. So Brown Jones does it again. You know, Brown Jones ends up with 15 points in only 15 minutes. And that's seven minutes. He goes to the foul line. He hits five out of six. And then near the end of the game, when Mason's making yet another comeback because we kind of mess around a little bit, he hits two more. I'll tell you what, Brown Jones, the way he's come along uh, is just fantastic. Just did a fantastic job again. You know, VCU wins the rebounding battle by one. Well, Brown Jones is part of that. He gets four rebounds in seven minutes, uh, which ties, you know ties for the team high with Curry for the second half, and Curry played all twenty. Brown Jones was fantastic again, and and that's the thing: the twenty-two to two run, Bruce Stevenson was a lot about the basics, but it, it starts with Brown Jones making some plays, getting to the foul line and hitting them, and then you get Ace Baldwin having. Just an uh, just an out of body experience for five minutes. It feels like. I mean, this this really was incredible because Brown Jones is get getting them back in the game, but it's still you know it's it's still touch and go here. Let's let's get to this let's get to this run because this was something else. So none none ties it with the jumper, and then Frazier gets the basket at eight thirty eight. Their only basket for nine minutes. And then we get the two foul shots by Brown Jones. And then let's see here. And then he makes one out of two. He makes one out of two. And then there's the layup to get him to 53-50. Okay, it's 53-50. Brown Jones has almost personally put them in front. And then here comes Ace Baldwin. Uh, here comes Ace Baldwin. Gets, gets fouled. Gets the three-point play. Then uh, Deloach steals it. He gets to th- he takes that step back three, which I think is might be the only three they made in the second half because that was the other thing. VCU's three for four in the first half from three. Their shot selection is really good in spite of the fact that they're kind of struggling a little bit. And then they come out 0 for 6 to start the second half, 0 for 5 from three. And I'm like, what are these guys doing? It was like a 
the second half until we get to this point was like a flashback to 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 doggone Rhodes' first year when you saw them chuck and duck their way out of games where they take all these threes and go like six for 30 or six for 28 and nonsense like this. And then, you know, they, and then they would, uh, and then doggone, uh, they trap all the time and give up easy baskets, which again, they did a lot of, we're going to talk about that. So we get the Baldwin three, then he makes another pull up jumper. And then, oh gosh, freaking Adrian Baldwin's pass to Jalen Deloach. I, I love Chef uh, Ed Nixon, who's Chef Nix on Twitter, who's just fabulous. But he said it, I think it was him or Scott Jackson, said it was like something off an and one tape that passed Deloach. And Deloach makes it and then and then converts the three-point play. So you you got you got something like you got eleven uh, nine straight points. Or excuse me, eleven straight points, not and it's all Baldwin. He's got nine points and an assist. Fantastic. Uh, but I'll tell you, and and that's and that's basically won the game for him. That little that five, that stretch from Ace Baldwin that is over. That's basically over two minutes and four seconds, and that's eleven points of the twenty-two to two run. Two minutes and four seconds, they get eleven points, and it's all Baldwin either scoring or assist. And it was just that that's that's what he can do. That's what he can do. But for most of the night, he didn't look like himself, and they didn't look like themselves. Not just the three point issues with the three, especially the second half. One out of eleven from three. They take this. This this was a throwback to the to the games where I'd go I'd go crazy at Mike Rhodes because I'd be wondering what they were doing. They took twenty four field goals in the second half and eleven of them were threes. That is not. I repeat, not what they want to do. Not not when they because in the first half when they shoot over when they shoot fifty percent from the field, it's only four threes they take. And and so you you can't you cannot be doing that in these games going down the stretch, or or somebody that's better than George Mason is gonna is gonna knock you off. But let's give them credit; they finally they finally stopped chucking the threes, and they finally stopped that trap. I don't understand because it was predictable. Why in the world Mike Rhodes kept trapping, kept trapping, kept trapping? Yes, they were struggling to get it over. Over the over the ten second line in the first half, but when they got it over, they had numbers on the backside, and they would get layups and they would get open threes, and it was ludicrous. It was absolutely ludicrous, and he kept doing it in the second half, and because it was predictable, they could see it coming. They could see it coming. Now, when you want to do a trap or a double team, you want to do what Vince Williams did. Vince Williams did because part of that run holding them to one field goal in nine minutes, a couple, about two or three times in a row, that ball goes into a Duro who's back in with four fouls. And that's one of the great things they did tonight was they had him out of the game. He only played 24 minutes, and he was really good in those 24 minutes, but you can only play 24 minutes because he got fouls. Talk on Vince Williams, the what I call a sneak attack double team, but it's just simply help defense and really good help defense. And he he comes at the perfect time, causes a turnover. He did it about three times in a row, and it's like they if they don't see it coming, they can't get it out to one of their shooters for an open three. And that's the other thing, you know. Mason had a couple of hot runs with the three. Schwartz made a few, and he had a huge night after VCU pretty much erased him in the first game. He had twenty two, uh, 
But they still ended up 8 of 28 from 3 because when VCU finally made them defend, finally made them work against the half-court offense, it started to tire them out. They didn't get the lift on their shots. They were 6 of 12 from the foul line. And, and Oduro, who's a really good player, was one who's normally really good from the foul line, was one for four. They put work into him, got him in foul trouble, and that's, and, and, and that's why he struggled from the foul line, and that's why they struggled from three. And yes, Daniel Carter, you're absolutely right about the, the, the atmosphere. Um, the VCU fans were trying to get into the game, and early in the second half, when they were really trying to, VCU would keep giving them a reason to sit down because they'd give up an easy basket after trying some nonsense trap. Now, I want to go back because somebody had a good question. I think it was Mike, uh, Mike Urbanski who had it. I'm going to look. Somebody had a good question about Stockard and uh, talk on it now. I, I can't find it because people keep commenting. Was one second here because somebody was asking about Stockard, and I think it's a fair question about about him. Uh, I'm not sure who did it, so uh, whoever did, I apologize if I didn't credit you. I didn't see the question. I saw the question about Stockard. I forgot who posted it. Yeah, I'm concerned because, again, he had a really good run of games in the middle of the season, and he crowned it at the Davidson game when he played, I thought, one of his best games of his career there. It was you, Mike Urbanski. Thank you. And I just – some of it's the matchups. And, again, I want to give Stockard some credit. Yes, the line is terrible. No points, 0 for 3, missed two free throws, had one assist. It was the first assist the VCU got. But he played some good defense on Oduro. I know Oduro ended up 6 of 8, but there was a stretch, especially in the first half before Oduro got sat down with fouls, where Stockard was the one stopping him. And I think Ward might have done a little bit better, but Ward got hurt right in that first play when Oduro drives and Ward does a great job at, at body, at, at defending him without fouling. I mean, I think he came down on his ankle bad, and I thought Oduro actually kind of whacked him in the head, and I think I thought he might have had a little bit of an issue with a concussion. And so he just couldn't stay out there tonight, uh, and he didn't look like himself either. I thought Stockard did all right uh, when it came to that, but Brown Jones did a really terrific job too. And and that was, that. I, I, again, I, I'm still saying hang with Levi because I still think the player – that had, you know, 12 points in 17 minutes and Davidson's in there somewhere. So I don't know. So I don't know what's going on, and I wish I had a better answer uh, for you, uh, Mike Urbanski. Again, I think part of the problem is he's seen his minutes cut because Brown Jones is playing so well and Deloach has played well also. And I think he's a guy that needs a lot of minutes and needs some early touches to really get going. And I think that's part of the issue there uh, with him. Um uh, well, Christian Ferrace, I'll be honest. Oduro, when he came back in with the four fouls, we didn't get it. The problem was, early in that second half, we weren't attacking him. I could. He's out there with three fouls, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, at some point, we're going to start driving this lane and forcing him to either make a try to make a play where he could get his fourth foul, or... Or he's going to have to lay back, and we're going to have a better, have a pretty good look at the basket. And we weren't doing it. We weren't doing it. And then hallelujah, Keyshawn Curry finally puts the ball on the floor, and he had a very nice little senior night himself. 
And he goes right into Oduro's chest and gets the foul and gets the basket. And that was huge. That was huge. Uh, Vince did guard Oduro a few times. Oduro knows Vince's game pretty well. So I'm not even, I'm not sure he'd have got that charge, Christian Ferrace. It's not a bad idea, but Oduro's been around the block and he knows, he knows Vince Williams' tricks. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that would have worked as well. But Keyshawn Curry, God bless him. That was, and I'm going to find out when that play was, because to me that that was one of the turning points in this game. Keyshawn Curry, because we weren't doing it, and he's staying out there, and Mason's playing well, and their offense is working well because we're so worried about him that we're letting Schwartz and these other guys get open. And Keyshawn Curry drives in, yeah, 14-19 left in the game. Uh, VCU, you know, is da- is is down. Oh, no, it wasn't 14-19 left of the game. 14-03 left of the game. Keyshawn Curry gets into him and gets the foul, and I think that's the fourth foul. I think that's the fourth foul, but it doesn't say. Uh, yeah, it's the fourth foul, and he's got to come out of the game, and that's that's right before they had the big run, and we absolutely had to have that, and that was really good. Uh, Bruce Stevenson, I like this point. Uh, this is the toughest that we need to see all the time from these players, not just in certain games, but every single one of them. Yes. Because they were challenged, and they looked like losing this game, honestly. And then they just found something from somewhere. But again, it had to. It, it wasn't going to come from the normal guys, except for for Baldwin. And even then, the Baldwin run doesn't happen until VCU pokes their head in front, based off Mikael Brown Jones's good work. And yeah, Mike Urbanski, you're absolutely right. We've had a bunch of guys stepping up besides the big stars. Curry, who's done it for a while. None, although none. None has had a few. None had some issues with the turnovers. He was, you know, dribbling way too much tonight. He ended up shooting five and nine, but God dang it, there was a couple times he needed to pass the ball. Um, and that's interesting. Doug Hines, that's a little interesting breaking news. He was listening to post game show and says uh, Vince said his calf is completely fine on the radio, just was tightening up on him. I, that's not. That kind of explains some of the things that went on because uh, he had some good looks at three. But here's a couple things. Let's let's go back to the first about 25 minutes, 28 minutes of this game before they put the big run on. VCU was not sharing the basketball. Every offensive possession looked like one pass too short and ended with shots that were very contested with a lot of contact. And it's like and they, and it's not as if they were all taking it the one and two seconds left and they had to take them. There was time on the clock. Uh that offense has got to look better than that because really it was un- not until the run that they kind of looked like themselves there. And then, of course, defensively, what we're, uh, and I already harped on this again, but I have to say it again. Why are we trapping so much in the back in the back court? Because honest to goodness, we you know maybe some other nights we will do better and get back. We weren't getting back tonight. We were giving them easy looks. We're too good a half-court team defensively to do that stuff. We are just, and we shouldn't be doing it, and it's just frustrating. Um, and yeah, none does have big potential, Daniel Carter, but you know, and he had a good start to the game, and he ended up. I mean, the line's good, five and nine, two for three from three, you know, five rebounds because you need your guards to rebound. He did that tonight, and that's part of the reason they end up winning the rebounding battle. He gets five rebounds, Baldwin gets seven rebounds, Curry gets six. Your guards got a rebound. They did that tonight. 
But none had a couple of plays where I was really frustrated. One of them was on a break. That's the other thing. For the love of God, VCU players, and anybody that hears this that knows them, pass the ball on the break. They had so many fast break opportunities tonight, and a guy takes it himself, doesn't even look for a teammate, and he takes a tough shot, or in Curry's case, he gets a charge that was as predictable as the sun coming up in the morning. God bless. It was just, it was ridiculous. And, you know, the, and that's the thing. It only ends up four to two on fast break points, which, which was something that the the the, uh, the TV crew was really pointing out. Um, and and you know that they have to, they have to, on transition offense, unless you've got an absolutely clear lane to the basket, you should always be looking to pass. Always be looking to pass because they're so worried about you. If you got somebody that's filling the lane, if you got somebody that's hustling back. They're going to be open. They're going to have an open lane. They're going to do that. Um, Doug Hines, the refs, they screwed up a lot of stuff tonight, but it was a very physical game. And and remember, UVA plays without fouling. That's why their games tend to end quicker, is that for the most part, they're going to play without fouling a lot of the time. Um, so that's, that's, that's why that, that's why that ended up being the case, um, uh, you know. So that's that's the that that's the issue I have. And Bruce was saying that the reason they trap is they won't let Havoc die. That's that is a bit true, uh, but it's it's really annoying. It's it's really annoying because we're such a good half court defensive team. There's just no reason to do it that much. And I love what Mike Urbanski says because I'm in 100% agreement. He says the real MVP, Ed Nixon, on his very fair commentary of the games he calls. Ed Nixon is fantastic. I could listen to him talk about every VCU game, and and I have no idea if he even wants to do that all the time because I know he's been doing some of the VCU women's games that have been at the Siegel Center, and he's done the men's games this year. Uh, Ed Nixon is fantastic. And Ed Nixon was so spot on with so many things he said tonight, you know, talking about – and I'll tell you something, you know, he said it coming out of that last time out about game management. You know, run your offense, be patient, make your free throws. And the reason it got a little interesting is they didn't do that. And game management is an issue and discipline is an issue too. I'm tired of these guys getting technical fouls. And I know Ace is a Baltimore point guard, and they are emotional. But honest to goodness, Josh Aduro didn't push you. He pushed Brown Jones. And Brown Jones kind of got in his face and then walked away, and Ace pushes him and gets the technical foul. Now, why is that terrible? That was going to be a flag. I mean, they looked at it. It was going to be a flagrant on Aduro. It was his third foul. So VCU was going to get two shots in the ball. Instead, Baldwin gets that tech. So both teams get two shots in the ball. Both teams make free throws, and you don't have any momentum. And that was a key point of the game because VCU could have got away in this first half and got a real margin like they did in Fairfax. And that situation stopped it. And Baldwin, Ace, we love you to bits on this on this particular podcast. The fans love you to bits. You're a fantastic player. And I understand you got to be on that edge, and that's part of your game. But God bless Walk away. And my, Mikhail Brown-Jones, you didn't get a tech there, and I thought it was you at first. You got to walk away too. Yes, that wasn't too clever from Oduro, but he got what he deserved. He got his flagrant. 
and you got to walk away from him. No, it was not a double tech, Doug. It was a flagrant one on Oduro, which counted as his third personal, and it was a technical foul on Ace for pushing Oduro afterwards. And I, and I mean, I don't want to hear the excuses. You're young and stuff. Brown Jones, this is game number 26 or 27 you played. You you don't need to be doing that. You know better by now. Walk away. Ace, you're a sophomore. Walk away. And then the same and then and then at the end of the game, Deloach gets that dead gum technical. First, the first thing is it's a minute left, and they're driving uh they're driving the lane. You're up nine points. Don't foul. If you let them, you don't want them to score quick. And unfortunately, there was a couple of those at the end of the game. But sometimes you got to let them have it. Sometimes you got to let them have it and just say, okay, let's get the ball into our foul shooters, make the foul shots. The one way to blow a lead like that late is to let them score with the clock not moving. So don't foul and then get a technical foul. And you're just sitting there going, what do Because that's the other thing. The foul's not great, but they weren't in the bonus. So if that's, if that's all that happens, George Mason gets the ball side out, and it doesn't hurt you that badly. But you get the technical foul, and then they get two shots of the ball, and all of a sudden, a nine-point game is a five-point game because they get they run a nice little out-of-bounds play, and, and VCU's coverage wasn't good, and a guy hits the three. And I'm just like and, – and this is where I go back to the coach because this has happened over and over and over again. Our guy's getting texts. And at that point, you stop blaming them because obviously the coaching staff is not emphasizing it because it wouldn't keep happening if, it, if they were. So seriously, game management, discipline at the end, at, discipline at all times, but at the end of the game, especially, you're not, you, you've got big games coming up. They're all big, but you got St. Bonaventure, which is a game for position in the conference. You got St. Louis, which is a quad one game, which not only is your at-large situation, but is position in the conference. You can't do this stuff against those teams because you will pay the penalty. Doggone it. And, and you're absolutely right, Jason Hutto. If, if, they, if they'd have lost, that would have been the... Believe me, there would have been me ranting and raving about that for God knows how long before we talk about the rest of the game. I'd have really been going off my head about that. That and the fact that their shot selection just went away. Their shot selection, which has been so good most of the season, just completely evaporated for that first, you know, seven, eight minutes of the half. It was like it was like the first year on the roads when they would just, you know, chuck these threes up and you'd be like, what the hell's going on? But all of that said. They won the game, and they had to win the game because around the A-10 tonight, not surprisingly, they didn't get much help. Dayton led UMass by 23 in, this, in, in at halftime and cruised home. Uh, Davidson had a little trouble with Duquesne. It was only a three-point game at the halftime. They stifled Duquesne in the second half. So it's kind of – it's as you were at the top of the conference yet again um, – there was no, there's no sting in the tail. There was no little twist or anything like that. The teams that were supposed to win in this round of games did. So it's Davidson thirteen and two, VCU twelve and three, Dayton twelve and three, Saint Bonaventure ten and four, Saint Louis ten and five. So that's the bracket. And and at the very least, we didn't lose this game and maybe put ourselves in danger of missing out on that top four berth, as Dan Gaitana said. The magic number's two on that. 
And so that's the thing. All the things that were wrong, and there was plenty wrong tonight. Believe me, there was plenty wrong tonight. Let they, they let Mason get hot at the end of the game. And so after a half where they were really struggling, they were seven for their first 23, made six of their last eight shots. Um, and yes, Jason Hutto, we absolutely have to beat UMass. Can't lose that game. Absolutely can't lose that game. But, God, UMass, a lot of, a lot of people are talking about that coach is, is just going to get fi- – is about to get fired. That's what it looks like. I mean, they were getting absolutely marbleized by Dayton. And Dayton basically must have just – I mean, they must have just really called the dogs off because it was 53-26 in that game. So UMass actually from that point uh, outscored Dayton the rest of the game. But, you know – Dayton really called called the dogs off on UMass because they could have they were absolutely killing them, um, and they just you know and I know VCU's had some trouble up in Amherst, and unfortunately the ladies went up there and, and lost a tough one tonight after being in the game for most of it, but yeah VCU's just got to go up there and win, and if they do that it, a lot of things are going to take care of themselves especially as they play St Bonaventure and St Louis, uh, uh, the last two games but golly. It, it was it was it was absolute relief because that's the other the other funny thing you look at the Baldwin line and you see he had his eighteen points it's five of fifteen so really he wasn't doing jack he was making next to, he was he was made, he was making next to nothing from the field and then he made them four them uh, what three four shots in a row and that and that ends up putting some gloss on that line although again seven of eight from the foul line and since I haven't talked about it tonight free throws. VCU finally crushed somebody at the foul line tonight, and they absolutely had to, or they would have lost this game. VCU gets 15 more foul shots than Mason and is plus 14 from the foul line and makes almost three-quarters of their foul shots. About time that happened to him, somebody. About time that happened to him. Golly bless. I mean, it feels like it feels like that's been happening to VCU the other way the whole doggone season. But tonight, when they absolutely had to have it, they make 20 and 27, and as Daniel Carter really points out, Deloach was two for three, and that was really terrific. You know, and that's the thing. Now, sometimes it's as simple as you just have to see the ball go in. And if the, you see the ball go in, you get some confidence, and then it'll go in again. And maybe that's what's going to happen with Deloach. Let's hope so, because, you know, there's going to come. A, there's probably going to come a few moments when we need some big foul shots from him. But that that's Baldwin. Your point guard being seven of eight from the foul line. That's I'm giving it the okay sign on the on the live video. That's what you want from your ball handling point guard. You want to be able to put it in his hands at the end of the game and say, we're all right. Well, seven of eight from him and seven of eight from Mikael Brown Jones. That is that is fantastic. And again, Brown Jones tonight for me, again, he he rescues this game. Because they at forty at forty six forty or excuse me forty eight forty two, VCU was drowning a little bit out there, and I was like, "Oh gosh, Mason's going to do it to us again. He is going to do it to us again." Uh, so, you know, Brown Jones, I, I tip my cap because I was hard on that young man early in the season, and he was making me crazy. He has come along. His rebounding has been so impactful. Uh, you know, we talked about it in the last game against Richmond. I mean, the guy nearly had a double-double uh, in, in the second half alone in that game after basically not playing the first half. And and I'll say – I'll echo what somebody else said to me as I was watching the game tonight. You know, I would not I would not argue with Brown Jones starting at this point. 
Uh, it may be that he plays better coming off the bench, but you you got to look at that that production, uh, especially in these second halves. They've been absolutely fan. He's been absolutely fantastic. And yes, Bruce Stevenson, two hands on the rebound because we had a co- we had a couple of moments with those too. My other old bugaboo, the old one-handed rebound on the defensive end, which, again, it's a good way to get my blood pressure way up there. That's, 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 that, they did that a few times, and I thought my head was going to wobble off my body a little bit. But let's credit them. You know, they've had the struggles on defense, plus four tonight, and on offensive rebounds, plus one, and plus three on second chance points. And again, we're not asking them to win those categories by big numbers. But if they play them even, that's usually a very good sign for them tonight. And and look, the other team have got only got four more shots than them in the, from the field. And most of the time, if it's that close, VCU's defense is going to make the difference. And at least in the critical in the in the critical uh, uh, period in the eight and a half minutes, that's when they played their best defensive basketball. And that's how you turn a six-point lead into a 14, six-point deficit into a 14-point lead. Uh, they were drowning, and, and they recovered and, and swam to safety. And we got, you know, we've, we've, we've got ourselves another dead gum big game is what we've got. Because all, they all get progressively bigger as we get to the end of this season. And, and now it's UMass, who's, again, as I said, they're struggling this year. They got blown out tonight. And, and probably Dayton could have really blew them out if they really wanted to. Uh, but it has been it has been one of those places that for whatever reason ha- has given us – we've had some problems up there at, at Amherst. And, of course, we didn't get to play up there last year because I think that was one of the games that got COVIDed out. But you're looking at them. They got, they got, they got smacked tonight. They did beat LaSalle. Uh, they were all right at St. Bonaventure. They only lost by a dozen there. Uh, so they've got, and here's a here's the other worry. Um, they had a tough start to the conference game, but they've been alternating win loss win loss for several games. So if they follow their pattern, they'd actually beat us this weekend and help us if that happens. Um, and that game, let's see here, four thirty. So again, I'm I'm working Saturday. So unless I I'm, I get lucky, you know, I'm an alternate or something else weird happens. Uh, it will be no live video, sadly, in the in the good, the bad, and the ugly group. And again, join the good and the bad, and the ugly group. Uh, we, like I say, the game threads can be wild, and as as I think it was uh, John Eckert said, it was a bloody roller coaster in the game thread and in the game in general. Um, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and then we do these videos. And even though I forgot to do it tonight, you will see uh, VCU by the numbers tomorrow. Uh, so that and, and it's nice to get the extra game in to see to see uh, to see where the numbers land and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I'll and Penny Dunlap, uh, he's wearing that back brace because that foot injury, I think, has affected his back a little bit because of the way he runs and stands. And I think that that's just a precaution that he was wearing that back brace, especially when he was sitting down uh, on the sideline. And again. You know, Curry looked fine tonight, which was a surprise because the way he went down. Uh, Hassan Ward, again, I think that first play with Aduro, I think he got hurt worse than what people realized. I, I'm, I'm wondering about his status for Saturday, to be honest, because 
not only was his foot bothering him, I swear he got clonked in the head pretty good by Arturo when he stopped him on that first play, and I think that might have affected him as well. So that's I think that's going to be the thing that's going to bear watching is can can VCU can uh, how how's his status going to be physically uh, with him? Uh, Paul Seward, that was mentioned earlier in the in the in the in the comments. Uh, Doug Hines was listed post game, and apparently uh, the cat the calf tightened up a little bit on Vince Williams out there, which, you know, that'll happen sometimes. Because, uh, I mean, he did – He, I mean, he did, He played 34 minutes, so I'm not sure it was him sitting or cold or anything like that, but it definitely did seem to bother him. And I think that's why, you know, he was pretty careful because, again, he, he made his first two shots and then didn't shoot the rest of the half, and that was another reason why what you call it was able to hang uh, – Mason was able to hang around a little bit. But he only ends up taking – Four, you know, six shots for the game. I think, I think he felt, especially he had he the first really good offensive set of the half. Vince Williams was in his spot in the corner, and he missed that three. And I think Vince Williams was like, "Okay, I'm not a hundred percent here, so I'm not going to shoot this ball too much. And what I'm going to do is look to pass and make the plays I can make, and and try to contribute that way. And as usual, you know, that's what he did." You know, he absolutely, again, those those turnovers he forced when he came with that perfect double team, that's what really allowed, allowed this run to turn into the run that it did. And, and again, senior leader, veteran, somebody that you can, you can hang your hat on. You know, when it's not going well, he's still going to find a way to contribute and he's going to be smart. And, and, and I'll tell you, Nick Green, it'll be, I think in a, in a, in, I think in a in a perfect world, I think you'd like to see Williams and Ward rest this weekend because you'd think he can get by UMass without them. But it's tough because again, on the road and haven't played well up there historically. You know, it's that I, I'm not sure that I mean, unless you know you're going to do that and you prepare the team that way, I'm not sure you can do that. So, and I mean, and like you say, Paul Paul Seward says. You know, Williams was super disruptive on D tonight, absolutely. And he's a tough kid. So he'll, he'll want to play through it, and he can play through it. But I, I, I think in a perfect world, you'd like, you'd like Williams and maybe Ward, too, not to have to play this Saturday so they can get ready for the two absolutely monster games in March, St. Bonaventure next week, and then St. Louis. So that's it. Uh, like I say, no live video Saturday because I'm going to be – I'm going to be whiling away at work uh, for yet another afternoon game. By the way, how come how come we never seem to play Saturday night anymore? It just seems weird, but we never seem to play Saturday night anymore. It seems we're always playing in the afternoon on Saturday, and I don't know why. Uh, but that but so but you will get a podcast that'll drop Sunday morning for that, and I'm looking forward to that as well. So I want to thank everybody for all the great comments in the guy game thread, all the great comments on this post game video. For all you folks out there who listen in podcast land, Lady Nollins, visit, visit them, patronize them, tell them George Templeton and VC Ram with the rewind set, sent them there, sent you there. Uh, we really appreciate them as our sponsors. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, let's let's cross our fingers for another road win uh, in at, at uh, up in Amherst, and uh, talk to you guys. Uh, talk to you guys Sunday in podcast land. Uh, thanks everybody. Have a good night. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, 
please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.